0: Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Yeah, just when I was like thinking of people that I know that are super creative and super busy and and super lovely I thought, I thought of you Emma oh, so I'm going a bit rogue with a question here right That's fine, do it. I do it like chronologically Like, yep. I'm just going to ask you Emma what was the last song that you danced to and where were you
1: like like ever or pre- performing or just Does literally the last song just, that I danced just to just
0: the last song you ever danced to
1: the last song I danced to was Tuesday night at a class and I have no <laughs> idea what, what the song was <laughs>
0: Sorry. No idea so the name of the what song. Kind of class was it? Uh,
1: are you heels?
0: teaching?
1: No. Right? Oh. Alright, if we're counting teaching. Oh see, I'm oh. forgetting. That's That's the right, so nice. the last song, last <laughs> song that I danced to, I was teaching last night, it was to a remix of L'Veon Rose. <laughs> cool. I'm doing a jazz piece that has like um the costumes are big flowing red skirts, so I'm gonna ah. make basically they're in a circle so it actually looks like a rose.
0: Love it. Yep.
1: So who's this with? This is with um, a dance school called ADV in Cotebridge. Um, it's like a competition class, so I do yeah. their uh, hip-hop and their jazz.
0: Amazing. And then they go out and take your teams yep. to comps and stuff. Yep. And um, in terms of like your choreography, like is that something that you've always had an interest in, obviously being a dancer, was that something you were keen to branch into? was it just something that was like a happy accident or...?
1: Yeah, probably a bit of a happy accident. Mm-hmm. It was more... Um, I didn't really, especially like when I was at college and stuff, choreography was probably not really my thing. But then after working for a while, um, when I started doing Dollhouse, yes, um, I just started getting at a point, especially in fact, so before that when I was working with like the tributes and all that type uh-huh. of stuff. I started helping him a lot, putting shows together and stuff. Ah. Um, So when I started then doing it on my own, I realised that was actually the part I kind of enjoyed. So any time after that, like any dance jobs I'd be doing, I would always make sure. So even when I was out in China, um, like the choreographer that was working with us, I would always be like, can I come into the studio and just assist you when you're doing stuff? (laughs) And I would just like kind of try and, put myself nice. in there to just kind of
0: just hungry to take learn a bit and do more.
1: more because it was never really something that I was interested mm-hmm. in, once I started doing it I was like oh I'm going to kind of it's see okay. where this goes and just kind of
0: So I guess I better explain how I know you yeah. I, mean, not, but I don't need to explain but I've known Emma her whole life <laughs> Yeah, Emma used to be friends with, or still is obviously but I was good friends with my sister Emma the, yep. two M's the two Amos, growing up, and <laughs> we all went to the same dancing for a while. Yep, that's right, isn't it? Yep. And um, and then yeah, then you took it further and went and studied dance. So where yep. did you? Where was it you studied initially? I
1: studied at Anniesland College, um, and then Telford through in Edinburgh.
0: And when you were doing dance like as a hobby, was that you know was that the goal? I'm going to go and be a dancer, or did you think you were going to go and do something
1: else? No, I went to uni to do chemistry.
0: I did not know this. Right? <laughs> but okay. then I left. <laughs> no, see, when
1: I... Like, see, when like that dance school's younger, when yeah. we were at school, I didn't really know that you could dance as a career. I mean, I obviously knew that artists had dancers, but yeah. I just never really thought, like... I like didn't that, know how you how got... that happened. Yeah, I didn't know how that happened or how mm. that... Like, I didn't even know you could actually go and really study dance properly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, I, yeah, I was at uni doing chemistry, and I hated it. So, after about three months, I... Had quit that, and I was planning on going back the following year to do physics. <laughs> I was like, let's just change to a different science. <laughs> um, and then my mum seen an advert in a newspaper for a dance college, and she was like, do you know you can go to college and dance? I was like, no, but I what? really like the thought of that. <laughs> so I just went along to an edition and um, that was it. Everything, to be. pretty much everything I've done, I've. Fell into more than actually gracefully planned. into, I'm
0: sure. Gracefully, gracefully falling <laughs> <laughs> into. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, so interesting. So mm-hmm. then you went to Annie's land. Yep. And then, so you were you had mentioned the tributes was that was just after you'd finished. Annie's yeah. Land, so it was kind
1: after? of. It was when I was in my last year. So in my mm-hmm. last year. There was an audition poster went out and all that type of stuff. So everyone in the college was going to the audition and obviously I turned up and <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. you were there. I'm like, oh hey. It was like Pussycat Dolls tribute act which was the yep. Kettie Cat Dolls. Yeah. And that was great fun. I know. It was really it good was. fun. It was really good fun. Yeah, it was it like absolutely... my proper first like actual paid dancer well,
1: job. But it was like, just, just like... It's amazing amazing. You were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was just... Really
0: it's so what,
1: cool. Especially because they were so big at the time. I was just like, it was what everyone wanted to do. I you hope. just wanted to dress up as a Pussycat Doll I... and like... Jam it out to their songs. Totally. Like, it I was, was... Always
0: wearing a plaid shirt, running my waist. And yeah, that.
1: <laughs> yeah. The wee cropped Adidas <laughs> hoodies and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: And like for me, that was that was just a like again. I just saw the advert and thought, I'll just put my name in the the hat kind of thing. Yeah. And then it's funny because all the connections that you end up making. So Scott Garvey, who did yeah. ran that, um, was someone else involved, Derek, who. Ended yep. up designing the logo for the Kennedy Cupcakes. Oh, yep. And it's just like yeah,
1: there's, there's so all many these,
0: like strands, all these yep. lovely people that are creative and talented yep. and stuff that you meet, including yourself. Emma. And I was like, "Where's going <laughs> Blast for the fast." <laughs> I know there you that's you so funny. So after
1: I had done the kitty cats, I started doing other random jobs, just any sort of. <sighs> um, any dance such, jobs, I was yeah. just kinda of putting myself forward for loads of stuff. But the first time that I went to China it was with a group called Pink Acids. One of my best friends Yasmin, she runs it. So at the time, um Anybody she was in Glasgow
0: know who Yasmin Dokus Yes,
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yasmin Yasmin yeah. on the dance scene is about yeah. everywhere. So totally. Yasmin was the year below me in college. Ah right. Um, okay. And I kinda knew her obviously from college but also mm-hmm. the group of guys that she danced with, we danced with as well. So we had trained with them and we had done some competitions with them and they had came and done some performances as part of the Kitty Cat Dolls. So when I had kind of stopped doing the Kitty Cat Dolls, obviously mm. I started doing my own stuff and mm. then I had been like doing stuff with the Rockettes and doing yeah. like other random dance contracts that I just went and auditioned for and all that type of stuff. So I was just kind of doing a bit of everything. Uh-huh. So Yasmin had always kind of been about, obviously, because at that point she was kind of freelancing. Mm. So we had seen each other about at things yeah. and then she was putting together a group to take over to China because she had already worked out in China and out in New York with a group of um, dancers from out there. So she was wanting to take a show that she was putting together back out to China. So because I had been working with a girl called Sarah Cassidy Mm -hmm. who had been on The Voice. Yes, um, amazing singer. She was looking for a singer to kind of base the show around because in China it's very much like they love any they love anyone that's been on TV so Yasmin had put this show together and she was like do you want to come and dance with it I'm, I'm like just selecting a few dancers that I want as part of the group and obviously I had worked with Sarah and it so kind of way. all just kind of came together although Right at the end, Sarah so ended up not doing the contract, so we ended up getting one of our friends to just jump in last minute and just learn all the shows. The and I'd also worked with her before anyway. Right. Um, she was also part of the Kitty Cats at one point, and I had done stuff with her in Dollhouse, yeah. and so we brought so her in. Is, and um, is this Fern, this is Fern, yep. Fern so Wisconsin. Fern, yes. Yeah, I remember Fern. Yeah. So Fern jumped in and ended up um, doing the full mm. China show. So, so that whole oh,
0: like freelancing, just auditioning for stuff like, yep, Is that. Is that a space that you like to be in? Is that something that you enjoyed at the time or are you still doing a, a bit of that?
1: I'm not really, no. Um, I did enjoy it because it just kind of... It, obviously, there are there are two sides to it. There's a side where you never really know how much money you're making and a side yeah. where you never really know like what your schedule's going to look like or all that type of stuff. Uh-huh. But then the other side is just kind of... You get to just do really fun stuff. You're oh, yeah. just kind of taking on... Jobs here and there and everywhere. Like see when I see when I look back at some of my photos of the stuff that I've done, like it was one of my friend's thirtieth, and she's done a lot of dance work with me. She was doing the same. She was freestyling. She was uh, like freelancing Uh she was like teaching and some stuff and performing and just kind of doing a bit of everything. See when I was putting pictures up for her thirtieth, there is ones of us in full bunny outfits, and I mean not like sexy bunny outfits. I mean full bunny outfits. where we were being Easter bunnies doing the jive in Glasgow Airport over <laughs> over like the period of 2 days we were just paid to be there for like 3 days in a row just going in and every half hour just jumping out and doing a jive in the middle of the departures lounge <laughs> Like, it's just the randomest pictures (laughs) of us in all these totally random places and random costumes of just, like, the weirdest jobs. I guess you've just
0: Um, got to be like, I'll give that a go. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no problem. And you meet, I guess you meet lots of lovely people. And like you see, there's two sides to every kind of story. And there's probably downsides to, like you were saying, that, you know, unpredictability of it. Yeah, definitely. You know, in terms of, like, auditioning for stuff, like, do you feel like you've got that kind of thick skin where you're just like, oh... It's not me, I'm just not right for that particular yeah. job or whatever. Like Definitely, I although. The box must be quite it, difficult.
1: Yeah, but I have kind of been slightly lucky. Uh-huh. I've only ever been to one edition that I haven't got. Well, <laughs> that,
0: that to me speaks volumes.
1: I know, I have been very, very no. lucky. And um, you're just
0: exceptionally talented. End yeah, <laughs> I have been very lucky. Although That's I think like, that,
1: like, I suppose that's a whole side of it as well. And that's obviously when I teach, like Mm. prep for audition is something that you specifically teach. Like I think I purposely used to, so when I was in that place where I was auditioning and all Mm. that type of stuff, I would always make sure like, because I was pale, I would use it to my advantage. So I would like, I had my hair really dark at that time. So I would always be like pale skin, bright red lips, dark, dark hair so that you'd kind (laughs) of stand out of it. And like that, I'd make sure I'd always like push myself down to the front. I'd make sure I was always like kind of seen and always. And do you think there you've always definitely had that kind, of...
0: kind of confidence, or is that just from mm. your training?
1: Definitely, I would not say like as a child and all of that. I definitely no? wouldn't have said I was really? confident. No, That's I don't think I would have. I don't think I've. Although to be fair, like I always kind of remember all, like it like that the dance shows yeah. and when you were younger and all of that type of stuff. I don't remember ever being. I would. I would definitely. Overthink everything. I remember always mm-hmm. being a bit, um, probably not nervous, but a bit um, anal about everything. Yeah, like I need to get, get every get single step right, and like mm-hmm. I was always very much a perfectionist uh-huh. when it came to that stuff. So I don't remember. Like I didn't think I was overly confident. Although there definitely are videos when I was maybe about like four or five, where like that I'd be like pushing at the front, like making sure everyone seen me and all <laughs> that. So I was maybe a wee bit more confident <laughs> then. But no, I definitely uh-huh. think that came probably more after. In fact here's probably an interesting story cool when I was at college one of my lecturers the sort of head lecturer I remember always going on about how like I had she was like you have it all there you've got the facility you've got the technique like you've got the dancing down she's like but you just it looks like you don't want people to see you. She used to say, like, my face oh. was, like, my biggest letdown. Right. Um, she'd always be like, you just, you, it's almost as if you just haven't come out your shell or whatever right. it okay. kind of may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it, it almost as if it kind of flipped later because I think most of that actually came from doing the tributes. Ah. See, because you're kind of on stage and obviously playing there's... Playing a character. You're playing a character and there's yes. obviously the singing involved as well. So I think I actually kind of learned to perform more. On stage, I learned oh, to perform yeah. as I was kind of doing it because yeah. you're just yeah. kind of thrown out there. Mm.
0: Um, because it's it's very hard to teach that kind of performance oh, thing. Like, you know, they're just looking at yourself in a mirror. You're like, yeah oh, you're going to be performing to an audience yeah. who might be sitting with their arms folded, looking very disinterested. And I think that's
1: actually, again, this is what I tell students all the time. Like students, especially nowadays, kids want to do all like the big amazing jobs. But what I always say is, see sometimes the wee crappy jobs. They're the best ones for learning. Like, yes. that is where I think I learned to perform a lot more because, mm. like, that's even you've got a teeny tiny audience that's really intimate, they're all right in front of you, you can see their faces, like, uh, you can actually see their expression. Yeah. Sometimes those are the ones that you actually need to fight a bit more mm. for. And you, I guess
0: some people like you, when you're performing and not looking at your own face in a mirror, you maybe don't always know what yeah, you yeah, like definitely. you know and it's actually feeling it and yep. enjoying it like you're saying like becoming a character yeah, on stage yeah, definitely.
1: especially with actually the kitty cats i think that definitely mm. we definitely learned there and that was a huge part of it a lot of places that we went we people did not like us
0: well just because of that kind of i think look, it was just yeah the
1: look and i think people thought oh like a bunch of bimbos coming out here in we small costumes and mm. they we definitely, especially from females, like, we, we actually have done gigs before where, like, people would throw glasses at us what? and stuff. There, there have awful. been ones. I have also seen, so, like, that we're on a stage and people are down the front, I have seen a woman actually turn her boyfriend round and make him face the opposite <laughs> direction when we are performing. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, what?
0: You maybe need to, like,
1: speak about the jealousy going on in your relationship right there? Because, wow. like, we're just putting on a show we used to actually love that see especially when you had a really difficult crowd uh-huh. like we got to a point where we used to we kind of always said yeah we can turn any crowd round," mm-hmm. because we were so used to that we were so used to going Aye. in and people maybe not feeling it and then by the end of it people loving it because we would kind of really try and involve the women and make mm-hmm. them realise that we weren't just full of ourselves actually no. we were talented we were, we were playing characters and yeah, that was yeah. the point of it so we were trying to involve them I don't think I'm share singer. I'm yeah. just, just <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm putting on a show guys like and I actually am not like even in the group I was always the Nicole I, I wasn't the strongest singer in the group you can like, sing it Matt, I you know used I to sing like I used to always sing the tune because I am terrible with a <laughs> harmony <laughs> terrible but you can't even
0: get to everyone, do you know what I mean if you're nailing every edition that you've ever been <laughs> do you know what well, I mean well I would
1: really class myself more as a dancer that sings rather Fair than a enough. singer but like that, I think it was just obviously because I, I was like tall with dark hair, it was just like fit that part. But then, and in it was terms of like
0: different. the adversity and the the thing, you know, the challenges of being in the dance world, like that's one. Yeah, are there any that you know have been an obstacle, not necessarily for you personally, but just obviously collaborating with so many dancers and living with other dancers or spending a lot of time? Yeah, what, what do you think's the biggest challenge or obstacle for? young dancers out there
1: these days? I think there's sort of two. One is very much probably partly a Scottish thing, so okay. I think the difficulty with with dance in Scotland especially is people taking it seriously. I get so many schools, or I actually even get loads of students who, like that, there's now higher dance in schools, but so many of the teachers are like, oh no, you need to take serious subjects. Like, what are you ever going to do with dance? People sort of not really, or even like that, there, there are so many people say, oh, but I mean, like you're just doing a little dance, or you're just, or even from like a, even when you're putting shows together and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, there's so many people would ask me to come and bring along dancers to an event for free. I'm like, you don't realise that... People think it's just chucking a little dance together. They don't realise the hours of work that go into, like, finding music, cutting music, paying for all of this, Mm -hmm. paying for rehearsal spaces, putting it in, all all the years of dance classes and technique and training and all of that stuff that goes into it, they think you're just chucking this little dance together, so it's something that should kind of be done. yeah. Like... I think that's definitely something, especially yeah, like and, that for and younger like you say, students. I
0: mean, it's great that you know there is higher dance now in some schools, and that you know that's a massive step. But then yeah, yeah definitely you know, and it's great that some schools have obviously the need for that. Yeah, there's young people in the schools, saying, we want dance. Yeah, definitely. But you know, and, and and I've been very lucky to work in schools that are really supportive of dance. Yep. but there still is that oh there's
1: so many like I, I had it for years yeah. even if it was even if it was people joking there's so many people saying things like I mean when are you going to get a real job Um, yeah <laughs> I think there's a lot of that even yeah. I, I, I get it I as well like, <laughs> especially with obviously like I'm running a college course now yes. that is one thing that happens like I get so many questions like that okay. so like if I'm doing like career fairs at schools and all that yeah. type of stuff what parents always want to know is I mean but what what do you actually do when you leave? Like, what What like, what like would my child be doing? Like, what kind of work is there? Like, like is that something you can actually to, uh, make a living from?
0: TV. Have you ever seen dancers on TV? Like, dance is, like... Huge. huge not know? even
1: that from, like, what, what I always say is there are so many routes to go down in dance.
0: Absolutely. The well, amount like of, you say, like, choreography, yeah. like, teaching, dance history, loads of different things. The amount
1: of dance skills in Scotland mm. is crazy. Yeah. And not even... it's There are... There are even different areas of that. So there are dance schools that kind of do all like do a variety of stuff. So the dance yeah. schools that do like ballet, tap, modern, jazz, like all of that type of stuff and they do exams. And then there's also dance schools that just do like hip hop and just do like all the hip hop competitions. Yeah. And there's other ones that just do cheer and there's other mm. ones like see all of those teachers. You can make an absolute mint. I think people yeah. think oh if you're doing something like that it's no, you're, you're not you're to never gonna base. make anything yeah. from yourself and it's not it's not Something you can actually make a living from, but yeah. I like—I know so many people that make a living from dancing. It's, it's so unbelievable. So, in terms of your, the,
0: you know, you mentioned the college course. How did that all come about? That's amazing. I
1: know. I'd, again, I just kind of fell into it <laughs> when I was out in China with mm-hmm. Pink Acid. At that point again, I was still kind of freelancing. But I was teaching when I was coming back from places. Um, so I had been doing random bits of teaching and then I was going back out to China, not with a group this time. So okay. the agent that we were with before, we were still in her books. So she was bringing a couple of us out just as freelance dancers. Okay. So we were then went out for about six months. Mm. So when I was out there, I kind of, that time I had given up a bit more. So like my flat that I was in, I had kind of gave it up because I thought I'm not paying rent at home and doing all of that when Here. I'm back. Yeah. And So at that point I'm thinking doing six months out here I want to come back to something so I had been just kind of looking for stuff that was maybe slightly more permanent I can't Mm. even remember what age I was at that time I think I was maybe about 27 when I was coming back so I thought starting to get to this age that I don't know how much longer I want to just keep disappearing for six months and then every time every time you come back you need to start from scratch every time you come back you've lost all your teaching jobs you've lost anything else that you've kind of set up. And it was lucky I did... Obviously, I was still kind of running Dollhouse, so they were still working when I was away, so I was still doing some stuff, (sighs) but I didn't really have anything solid. So I was kind of looking for some stuff that was maybe a bit more long-term, a bit more something that I could sink my teeth into. So I ended up getting some work like that in schools and in colleges. So I went in and I was working in the colleges, and there was a college that I was working in that I was kind of looking and going, oh, wait a minute, this, like... If I was doing it, I would kind of do it like this. And if I was doing this, I would kind of do that like that. And even when like that's some of the SQA stuff, like some of the units and stuff, I was like, obviously you need to go by the SQA stuff. But I was like, oh my god, I would love to like add that onto that. See if that was added onto that unit, the dancers would get this from it. And I kind of
0: you just had built up that experience, obviously, that you you had so much to give. Yeah, definitely. So much knowledge and experience that you could just look at something and go, especially because
1: in Scotland a lot of the people that were that are running the college courses they've been out of the industry for a long time see because i was coming straight from the industry i was like Oh, I think it needs a bit of this, and I no, think a bit of that. All and it is. Yeah, like, it it's like evolving any it. industry. Even now, even like I've only really not been performing probably for the past like two, three years. Mm-hmm. I've got friends like that that are down in London that are already telling me stuff that I'm like, oh, that that's changed uh, a bit. Like, oh, they're yeah. now doing that. All right. That, things like. just move on. But I think that's good. that's it's good to kind of keep your toe in with the people that are in it, so that you know exactly how uh, things can, are. Can how things are know? evolving. Yeah, because then um, you're passing
0: that knowledge on to the very people that are going to be stepping into that world.
1: Yeah, and at the time when I was kind of doing all of that, um, a girl that I know that was running, that runs some really successful dance schools. Um, so the, the college is called Dancing Studio Centre. The girl that runs the school is it's called Dancing Studios. So she's had studios for years. She's got two of them at the moment and like that she was always kind of about and she's like friends of friends and I know her through loads of stuff Mm. and she was kind of talking about how she was wanting to expand and maybe do some different stuff and And she was wanting to kind of sink (laughs) her teeth into (laughs) things and she already had studios anyway so I kind of was just like why don't we do this? Why don't we just like start a college from your dance school? And just so we just kind of went from there so when that. did that
0: officially open then when how long so just this this
1: year just this academic year and we're very small at the moment yeah. Um, but we kind of our studios are quite small in size anyway okay. but we wanted to start small because we yeah. were like we don't really know where we're going with this we don't know how much of an interest there's going to be mm-hmm. we don't know and especially like that we kind of have went down more of the route of marketing it more for dancers that want to go into the commercial industry, mm. just because that's industry I know a bit better yeah. and because all of the people that I work with, they probably know it a bit uh-huh. better anyway, so um, that's kind of what we marketed it more as, because there's not really as much of that uh-huh. up here.
0: Like obviously for years you've been performing and choreographing, you know, to an extent yourself obviously doing all that, yep. but then to be teaching and does that give you the same buzz? Or is it
1: a different kind of buzz? Yeah, it's probably a different kind of buzz. Yeah. But I kind of always, like, as much as I love the performance side of everything, and that always was why I done dance. Because it, to be honest, I felt like a dance for me was always a bit of a selfish thing. Like, I never done it for other people. I was literally just doing just it for, for myself. But as that evolved, like I said, even when I was, I started to enjoy like putting shows together and kind of, and also like that because I ran my own show. Because I'd done all the business side of it, I actually realised that I liked all the business side of it and I liked creating something and I liked building something and I liked like setting myself goals and going right, I'm gonna try and get this done by this time and achieve things and all of that type of stuff. So it all kind of it it made sense as it went along. All just kind of evolved in that direction until it kind of and to be honest, I didn't ever really enjoy teaching that much. But more because this is going to sound terrible, but I hate teaching kids, <laughs> and that's to be honest, that's not anything I've ever really done. Uh-huh. Um, but like that odd times that I've gone in and done, I've just thought it—it it doesn't challenge me. It doesn't like.
0: There,
1: there's not really. I, I just don't really get much from it. Like mm. so many people say, like, why would you not just open my dance school? But I'm like, but
0: it's I just, just not for me, bang.
1: it's just not for me. I bang. wouldn't get and anything like say, from it. And like,
0: there's plenty of dance schools. There's, there's You're so many really providing a different opportunity. Yeah, definitely, Scotland,
1: which is amazing. And that's why I kind of like I, the the place that I that I do enjoy so like that when I was coming back and I was teaching in colleges and I was doing a lot of workshops but it was more for people who were actually wanting to dance yeah. and those are the people that I like to work yeah, with because I'm have like I to
0: be convincing anybody yeah. that dance is great <laughs> no <laughs> like, I want to yes, come in and like properly
1: put them through their paces yeah, yeah. not people that are there like just to enjoy themselves I'm like no people like, who <laughs> work hard I, yeah i'm getting the big whip out yeah big whip out like that that's why it kind of naturally evolved to the college thing yeah. because then it's it's working with people that actually want to do it because like that they obviously for them to come in addition and
0: yeah. pay
1: their fees and all of that type of stuff they're invested the so yeah. it's it, it definitely like i definitely get something from seeing people evolve in that way mm. when you are pushing them and you're kind of giving them what they need and you're you're Shaping them into Absolutely. what what they want to be. That's, That's like annoying. that side of it. I do actually love like I yeah. love kind of teaching teaching people that want to learn. That is that is what I enjoy
0: <laughs> uh, definitely. And in terms of your like creative process, obviously we're saying you still work with you know competing groups and stuff. How do you start choreographing a piece of dance? You Oh right. to because I've spoken to someone else about this, and uh, and I'm really interested to know to find out if you have like a a set way of
1: doing it yep usually so it depends it depends what I'm choreographing okay so if I'm choreographing a jazz piece I will okay. usually start with some sort of I start with the bigger picture so mm-hmm. I start with some sort of idea or some sort of so like that the the piece that I'm doing just now mm-hmm. I want it to be like a rose rose yes so that was more a visual, but a visual kind of bigger picture that I then kind of break down, and then I decided what song I was going to use, and then I kind of so started to put the, the song details itself, in. It
0: was just like, I want this to be a rose."
1: So you I was starting that. to think, "How do we?" yeah. Nice. So it was more kind of a visual thing with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the last piece that I done, it came from a piece of music. So I found this like French song that I loved. Mm. So that then turned into, "Right, like I love a prop." So it was like, "Right, I'm going to use bowler hats and make it very, very French," nice. and then that came more from the song and the props, if that kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But then when I'm doing things like, so like a hip hop routine, usually quite often like the, the teachers or whoever it is that's wow. getting me to choreograph, they'll give me a piece of music that they want me mm-hmm. to choreograph to. Yeah. Usually like I'll listen through the music. Mm-hmm. Again, I usually do always start with some sort of bigger picture. So I'll, I'll start with, how I want the overall thing to feel. Mm-hmm. So usually actually I start with an image in my mind of more the formations and where it goes, like bits that I want like, to be tight and slow and then bits that I want to be big and punchy and bits okay. that I want to, I kind of do that and then I define it down into the details. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I usually start big picture and work my way in, but I do know loads of choreographers that do the entire opposite. In fact, Yasmin, she, um, we because we've had this discussion quite a few times, <laughs> She very much, like, she needs to feel it. So she'll put a bit of music on and she'll freestyle to the bit of music. So she'll right. freestyle and see where her body goes and see what feels mm-hmm. right to it. And then from the movement that she's then freestyled, she then starts to build round about that movement. Oh,
0: that's clever. I don't think I would be able to retain what I just freestyled. Oh, no, I'd neither. just be like, what did I just do here? I'd need to film it, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what she could... like? It's so funny how people work so uh-huh. differently. What she does, which I think is... Like, I don't even know how she does it. She'll put a song on and like that, she'll freestyle to a bit of it. But then she'll go back and do it, even though the music has went on to a different bit. So it's almost like she can zone out the music, to still do what she was doing to the last right. bit of music. It's
0: funny how people, oh, she's... Just people's way of creating and learning and yep. is, is different. You'll see that when you're teaching as well, like how other people learn Oh, definitely. from you and how you explain something. Yep. Because it's one thing being able to dance, it's one thing yep. being able to choreograph, it's another thing being able to actually teach somebody oh, something else. And <laughs> those
1: are very different skills. This is what I say to people totally. all the time. There are so many teachers out there who are amazing dancers, but they are not good teachers. Yeah. And there are so many people who are amazing teachers. In fact, so one of the best teachers that I've ever had was the woman who's the head of Annie's Land. She was amazing. Mm. She never danced. I have never seen the woman dance in my life. No idea yes, if she can dance or not. But she is one of the best teachers. Like wow. she's she's just, just
0: been able to articulate yeah. exactly what well, she's articulating do.
1: and I think part of her strength was looking at people and actually being able to go, right, no, you need to change this and all that type yeah. of stuff. So I think as a teacher, I've taken the bits of what I've liked nice. from certain teachers and just kind of mm. just turned put it into what, what I've own Yeah,
0: style of yeah doing, definitely doing things. Huh. But
1: they are all separate skills, oh, definitely. hundred percent. And that's why I think it, it it's it's only really in the past couple of years that I have taught like that. I've, mm-hmm. I've been dancing for like, uh, I'm trying to think how many years. That I, like. I left didn't. college when I was like 21. Uh-huh. I'm 31. So, or 32. So, I've been technically dancing
0: yeah.
1: since I've left college. If we include college, there's yeah. a couple of extra years. So, maybe about 13, 14 years. Wow. But it's only really been in the past couple of years that I've been teaching properly because I didn't, I just, it like that, like it evolved. Yeah. each of those skills evolved in themselves even what I say to dancers all the time is your strengths and weaknesses and all of that type of stuff will evolve as Mm. you move through your training especially that's what I say to them so I teach a lot of jazz at the Mm. moment see as a a, like I would never go to a jazz edition at the moment because I I haven't trained jazz in such a long time Mm -hmm. because for the past few years especially the last Few years that I was dancing properly, it was all commercial and heels and all that type of stuff that I was Which, doing. Which,
0: by the way, blows my mind. <laughs> I've never done a heels class before, and it's shoes that you can dance on, Emma. Like,
1: yeah, they're but pretty again, It's a skill in itself, ah, it's a different type of training. The abs, it's that you must have different. for
0: dancing. Are those. <laughs> and that's, but I don't know, it seems to be a bit of a trend in yep. the last in a couple of years. Like, Yanis Marshall, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, obviously I made that. it. And, like, even before he was on Was it Britain's Got Talent or yep. something, I had I'd saw some of his videos and yep. I was like, oh, yeah. And he's just very, it almost sometimes looks like he's freestyling. Yeah. He's just
1: so, yeah, he's so comfortable uh, with, the heels. Moment with the music yep. kind
0: of thing. And is that something that you just enjoyed taking part in? So then,
1: yeah. So when we were mm-hmm. in Pink Acid, like, most of the costumes are heels, most of the, yeah. and like that, even in the commercial industry, most additions now, mm-hmm. if you're a female, you need to wear heels because you just don't know. What, what you're gonna be wearing that, on the actual designer yeah. gonna
0: go with.
1: So now it is kind of a requirement, so it's I think that's just kind of just, it yeah. Well, it went, it, it was almost I was just kind you of forced to. into it. I don't <laughs> even I, like I couldn't even tell like I could not tell you the first heel class I took or the first time mm-hmm. I danced in it. Like, I couldn't actually tell you.
0: Yeah. And I saw recently you were away I mean to Yes. And doing lots of dance. So, was that a selfish trip? Were you dancing for yourself then Emma? Slightly. <laughs> but at the same time, obviously, when I was
1: saying about Just the college. No
0: judgment at all. No judgment
1: at all. <laughs> it was a bit of both, really. Uh-huh. So, obviously, I was saying with the college, we are kind of aiming more towards like dancers that want to be in the commercial industry. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do as much as possible for the students, so like at least once a month we're getting up, um, like a choreographer from London to come up yeah. and work with them. So once a month we're getting someone up to come and do classes and I was just kind of trying to think of as many ways of them getting as many experiences as possible while they're with us. Um, and I'd done that when I first... Left college way back when, I went out to LA and trained only for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. But it was just such an amazing experience, especially like that. It, like if you're going to go into the commercial industry, uh-huh. all the teachers over there, like obviously they are the biggest, like choreographers in the industry. It's yeah. literally all like, so we done like classes with Usher's choreographer, just so many people. Uh-huh. Justin Timberlake's choreographer. Yeah. Like there was just so many people out there that you can just take so much from. Uh-huh. Um, now
0: to two conventions, one in Miami, one in LA, 2004-2005, I still think about it most days, what I learned on those photographers, it was just the best experience, and it pushed me so so much, much, and I still refer to it a lot, just because it's good to push yourself out of your comfort zone, and and take on different experiences
1: like that. Plus like that as well, I, I think... It's a really positive thing, especially for the past while, because I've been like setting up the business and doing all of that mm. side of it. I had kind of fell out of training myself, because you definitely, I think you can kind of get into that place where because you're teaching so much, you go into the teacher role I instead of the dancer it role.
0: Instead of actually taking for yourself. Yeah.
1: But I think that's where a lot of the time, like I wanted to do that selfishly as well, just because I think... I'm able to give more as a teacher when I'm actually training myself as yeah. well. Because you take so much more from it. You you do kind of, I think you can fall into the bad habit of just getting set in your ways as a teacher mm-hmm. rather than actually Very developing true. and kind of... Yeah. So for me, I definitely want to kind of keep training. Great. It's, it's a weird thing to put yourself in no, that place. I, I admire when you,
0: that. I totally admire it. It's something that I should do more of because yeah. I love the feeling of being pushed out of my comfort zone. Yeah, but yeah it's definitely it's the thought of it sometimes, sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> especially like that when you're in with like people that are so much younger and there's kind of, I know a lot so of the time
0: Emma Gwynn, you're like a teenager sitting across from me, I don't think you're needing to worry you've got the figure
1: of, like, to die for Annie. Uh, but no, no ageing over here trust me when I say there is ageing <laughs> <laughs> especially
0: kind of very well.
1: the that, is doing well. that LA <laughs> trip it was so funny as well because I do remember the last time that I went like uh-huh. it, jet lag so was not a thing like energy I was just like (laughs) bouncing about like came back for this one and even there I was like after two classes I'm like
0: oh my back like (laughs) didn't feel like this the last time (laughs) (laughs) but you still haven't done it which is the main thing plus I think you need to
1: just keep you need to keep your body like that if you're going to continue to do it definitely don't get me wrong nowadays I need to be at a physio way more than I ever have. You definitely just start to self-care. feel it in your body. You need you need a bit more self care. You need a bit more yeah, you need to put a bit more into your body when you're when you're in your thirties much more than you do when you're in your twenties. Yeah, as long as you're it's keeping it. It's like getting an MOT, like after three years of exactly. a new car
0: you need to start getting an MOT. Exactly. Just more often getting MOTs <laughs> as
1: you get older. But... And
0: that's a good segue into your work with hedgedog minds. Yes. Was that something that came out of being in the dance world? Or is that a completely separate entity that you know just is part of your life?
1: Well, sort of and sort of not. Again, okay. strange thing that I just kind of fell into. So, so tell us
0: who Headstrong minds are first and foremost. So
1: Headstrong is a company based in Glasgow who... It's a guy called Brian Costello that runs it. He he does NLP in Scotland. So he also trains most of the people that do NLP in Scotland. Is part of the Scottish Centre of NLP. Okay. So they are two guys who run trainings, but the mm-hmm. training is technically accredited through it's like it's an American okay. qualification, right, but you. they run it in Scotland.
0: What does NLP stand for? If so
1: NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Okay. So it's kind of a big fancy way to say retraining your brain. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a, the short version of it basically, a couple of. Um, doctors over and a couple of psychologists over in America decided they wanted to find a different way of making a therapy type right. thing okay. um, so it uses elements of like hypnotherapy and different mm-hmm. stuff, there's stuff that it's similar to but what they mm-hmm. basically done is they looked and went to a whole bunch of people who had sort of like got over depression and asked mm-hmm. them how they done it and found out all the techniques of the people who were successful in changing their mental health right. and they then developed lots of techniques round about mm-hmm. Round about what they know had worked previously. Okay,
0: so it's like a bit of cognitive behavioral therapy. So yeah. some of the
1: questioning is similar mm. to CBT, and they've got like I think they've just taken elements from lots of different things. But they because they've developed it, it kind of has evolved into its own thing. Mm. Um, so not
0: to delve into anything privately, but was that some? Did you find them through an interest of I would like to learn how to do this, or is this something that you were like? I need
1: this in my life and then you have then ends up becoming a coach so, so it kind of was a bit of both this is okay. where it's slightly tied to the dance because like it. it was my friend Gemma McKee who is and obviously she, a dancer <laughs>
0: yes we both know who, who I danced with, with
1: for years so yes. when me and Gemma have been obviously Gemma went to uni and done psychology so Gemma's into all of that type so of she stuff did, anyway right, yeah um, so, when we were on loads of trips, we, we were over one that I remember specifically. We were over performing in Belfast and we were sharing a room
0: um,
1: for whatever it was. And we started to like talk about all this stuff. And we realized that we were really interested in the same stuff. And mm. like, I, I've, I've always really been interested in people and how people work and mm. all of that stuff, anyway. So, when we started talking about stuff, I'm like, oh, I just love this girl. Like, we're so interested in the same <laughs> stuff. So, it was always kind of whenever we'd be doing trips, like, it was always the same me and her would be sitting talking about all this stuff. And then <laughs> eventually, she, um, there was a course on, there was a two day course on in Glasgow that Brian hey, Costello ah, was running. Okay. Um, so she was like, do you want to come along to this course with me? Like it's only two days. We can go and just like find out about it. Like yeah. it's meant to be really good. So she took me along to this course mm. with her because she didn't want to go on her own. <laughs> and then I loved it. And at the time, like I did actually, I I went for sessions uh-huh. personally, yeah, yeah. not really actually initially for, well, it was kind of linked to dance as well. I had sort of like, I had really bad IBS. And I had lots of digestive stuff mm, going on, um, so it obviously it, I went through phases of it really affecting me and affecting mm-hmm. my dance and all of that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So I thought I'm just going to try this and see if it helps. Yeah. And definitely at that time I hadn't realised how much, like that mindset actually affected your body, and a, a lot of it was a lot of it was a big learning process yeah. and all of that type yeah. of stuff. So again, it was almost like it was almost like I kind of fell into it as well. And when I done this, it was actually I think I was like twenty four, mm-hmm. so I wasn't even that far into my dance career. Yeah. I was still doing things like at that point I was definitely working freelance. I was just mm-hmm. I, I was mostly performing, but it was just all darting about lots yeah. of different jobs. I think I was still with the Kitty Cats at that point, right. so I was still doing lots of random dance work. But, you just but at identified
0: that point, a, well, an it, interest, but also like maybe a need for yeah. A,
1: I had, yeah, so I, I knew I was interested in it. At that point, I had no interest in teaching whatsoever. So at that point, I started to think, maybe this is something that I want to think about for the future when I no longer want to perform. So at that point, yeah, it must have been... It was 2012, right. which is how many years ago? Like seven? Seven
0: years ago. Seven years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: So at that point... Like I said, I was still dancing and doing all that stuff. Had no interest in teaching, so I was like, I'm just going to go along and do. I had I had some money saved in the cor- mm. the course, obviously, because I had already been to college and all that sort yeah. of stuff. I wasn't entitled to any sort of funding, go, yeah. but I had a bit of money set aside, yeah. like from jobs that I had saved on and mm. just kind of dancing contracts. So I was like, I'm just going to go and actually just pay for this training, and I'm going to go and see how it yeah. goes, um, just to have it. I wasn't ever planning on jumping straight into it, but I thought at least I if I do it. It, just it. Plus the training is actually it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting one because NLP is actually used in a lot of different areas. So it's used for therapy. It is also used people use it for a lot of um like public speaking and it's used a lot in business. Ah. So a lot of the stuff you learn, they actually there's a whole section on language, so there's a whole section on um language for influence. So, like politicians use NLP, um, lots of
0: See, you're lots <laughs> of salesmen
1: use NLP, lots of um, like that public speakers. So obviously, like Tony Robbins is the most famous. He it's NLP that he does. Lots of public speakers, lots of um, people who are like in the influence world, like yeah. like motivational speakers. They tend to all it's all NLP that they use. Right, okay. So. It's used in a lot of stuff. So, when I actually done the training at that point, I was doing Dollhouse, I was running my own business, I was doing all obviously all the different dance stuff, and I thought. It's bound to help. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not it's going to hinder me. You're I just kind of mixture, felt it would. Yeah. to my
1: Exactly. I thought. It, I, I just a thought plate it would. To
0: spin. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I'm like, this is going to help in every part of my life. So yeah, I'm just going to go do this. So <laughs> I just went and done the training and like so that I didn't really. the training, like how long
0: did
1: it? Um, take? It ended up I done it over a couple of years, but it's actually it is quite intense because they kind of throw you in it. So the first training that I done was a week. Mm -hmm. So, you do seven days, like you're there from nine in the morning to like six, seven at Mm -hmm. night. So, it's kind of a seven day intensive, Mm -hmm. like after you come out of it, your head's a bit fried. But the way it's taught is actually like genius because a lot of it's practical and a lot of it's like it's not. You are sitting down listening to a lot of stuff, but you're sitting down listening and then you're in doing stuff and then you're listening and you're doing stuff. So, you're.
0: So, you feel like you're not just. You're not just.
1: Yeah, like you're. Just n- absorbing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're not just sitting there. It's not like sitting in a lecture hall because totally you're yeah. very much involved in everything that they're yeah. doing. And there's lots of demos, and there's lots of kind of seeing it firsthand. And so just yeah, after
0: that week, you were like, yeah, still, I just love this. Yeah, I'm in.
1: I'm in. So the next course is like a ten-day course, but it's done over two different sections. Mm-hmm. So you do 5 days and then another 5 days about a month later. Okay. Um just because that's a bit more intense again. So do you
0: have like um, a mentor or, or you know people that are kind of watching you then? Well, it's two guys.
1: It's two guys mm-hmm. that take the training. Mm-hmm. So it's slightly different. It's it you do the training and then there's different stuff that you can do with it. So at mm-hmm. that time after the intense training they were running a like a nighttime thing as well so you could go and do two hour slots. Um but that is the one thing it's not it depends what it's being used for because it's not regulated um, so it's not the same as CBT where if you go and you become a CBT practitioner wow. you then get mentoring right. it's not the same yeah. as that and wow. that's why sometimes NLP can get a bit of a can get a bit of a weird name because there are people who are out there doing it who are a bit of like charlatans yeah. if you, for lack yeah, of yeah. a better word they've kind yeah. of just yeah. they've done it and they've not really probably done it enough and they've went out and just mm-hmm. they're just kind of doing it mm-hmm. out there so, so see the people that do it and do it well yeah. they get brilliant results Brian, like I said, who um, runs Headstrong and the Scottish mm-hmm. Centre of NLP I do like his videos,
0: he's very straight talking um, that's what
1: I love about him that, and that's what that, I love about the, all the video of them. there a video
0: about Blue Monday and it was yeah. just like, it's a load of rubbish he is, <laughs> he's very down-to-earth that. and
1: that's why I like him but yeah. that's where, so before I started doing any of this so I'd done the training, done some of the night stuff and then what I started doing was I started going along and assisting in all of their courses right. Um, because I feel like it takes you a while to kind of really absorb it, so I used to start right, going an like assistant. Like
0: anything that you've never taught before. Exactly, so um, I ended
1: up assisting. I think I, within like the first few years, I had assisted in about eight different courses or something like that. I just used to always go along, which obviously is good as well because because I was working for myself and I was working freelance. I had the I had the space to do nice. that. I could create the space to do that. Right. I just wouldn't book jobs in those times. So then obviously because I was with them all the time I started kind of doing a bit more with Brian and obviously then I started seeing odd clients here and there and kind of just doing that type of stuff Mm -hmm. until eventually he then got to a point where he had so much overspill that he brought me in to kind of take on some of his clients and that's kind of how I ended up working with him but with him because he basically would do extra training with me as well so basically set it up the way that he wanted The way that he wanted NLP done, which I think is brilliant because the way he does it, he's like the most successful person I know in Scotland that does it. His results are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So most of the people that we work with at Headstrong, um, I work a lot with anxiety. Um, So anxiety and depression, they tend to go a bit hand in hand anyway. But I also tend to work with a lot of, because especially Brian's male, I work with a lot of women that have been abused because quite often they're more comfortable coming to someone who is a female. Just because a lot of the stuff you're talking about is maybe it, it it's just easier. Yeah. And how so I'll work that with her. Our...
0: You, that's I mean obviously all the training that you've received. That you know you've got this is my job. Head yeah, on, definitely. I'm doing, but that's a world away from the dance world. Not I'm saying the dance world is frivolous and of <laughs> It's not a Mickey Mouse job, guys. But you know, it's obviously a world away oh, from yeah, totally like definitely. What else um, you're doing, you
1: know? It's weird though because they do kind of go hand in hand because mm-hmm. there's so much mindset stuff yeah. goes in both. Yeah, well, you're being very vulnerable um, when
0: you're in the arts and being a definitely. dancer and putting yourself out there.
1: There's so much like that. There's so much anxiety and all of that in the dance yeah, industry. Like there's, true, there are true. so many artists who struggle mm. and even like that like there are no many, so many dancers that get to certain parts of their career even if you've been at the top of your career so this is actually where a lot of it ties and even if the, you're at the top of your career as a dancer you're then starting from scratch you're then a nobody when you don't book your next job you're then in this place yeah. where it's really difficult but like the one of my one of my clients was actually an ex-professional football player mm-hmm. And it was the same. He'd got yeah. to his, if you think about it, they retire so young that it's like you've went from that's this identity. You've almost. went exactly one hundred percent is hitting at an identity level. But that's actually where it ties in with a lot of stuff because when people end up in this place where they are experiencing it's extreme anxiety and extreme depression, they get to a place where it, it ties into their identity. So that's where you need to start making those changes at a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it is totally different but it is very rewarding just in a different way. Yeah.
0: I think when you do something creative that it is hard to separate like your life from your work. Well, yeah, you know, definitely. And, and, like you just become identifiable as the dancer, yeah. or the choreographer, yep. or the you know, and it's like well, you're multifaceted, like you've got lots of things going for you. There, yeah. There's more to you, but I think when you work in the arts and the creative industries, yeah, yeah, because you are, it's all you've known. You work for yourself. Yeah, you're just working all the time, so then it's hard to kind of yeah, separate definitely. that. So then, like someone like a footballer, like you're saying, when yeah. you stop, just stop. Yeah, definitely. In the being immersed in that, you can't imagine how... Well, yeah, it what do you do? the brain? Yeah, definitely. You know, who am I now?
1: Yep. That's why I find it so interesting, because it's there's so many different things that I work with in it.
0: Um, so it's just about retraining the brain and kind of building yeah. confidence, I guess? Yeah.
1: This is where I think people are like, oh, well, how can you work with so many different things when it's, when it's the same thing you do? But mm. actually, that's where it fits. Although everything's different, it's the same stuff you see over it's and over again. Yeah. Because even like that, when it's when it's something like anxiety or depression, or even like that if it's a if it's a trauma or like PTSD,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's the same thing. Because it's as humans, we all end up with these coping mechanisms, and we end up with strategies, negative strategies usually in those situations that we run. So it's about changing those. It's the same like that with someone who's retired and struggling with that. Mm-hmm. They've got into a place where they're running these negative strategies, and it's just about then changing those
0: uh-huh. to Telling to change it. Yeah what you're doing at the college and then what you're doing for people at Headstrong, like, you're essentially just helping people, which must be so rewarding. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know? That's and, that's what I love about it. Like,
1: uh-huh. And don't get me wrong, sometimes, especially with Headstrong, there can be days that it is a bit heavy, especially if you're course, working with yeah, some really heavy canine, stuff. But at the same time, that's where, especially, that's what I love about NLP, because it's not the same as counselling, where it's heavy because you're just talking through everything see because a lot of nlp is is some like really amazing change techniques mm-hmm. see because you're seeing changes in front of you mm-hmm. that can actually also be really uplifting so sometimes it gives you that that boost like there are some days that i leave and i just leave smiling wow. because like that you've been working with someone who is in a really negative place and they come in and they're in a much better place, mm-hmm. and you're you, you're actually seeing them change in front of you, or even like that. Even if it is something that's quite emotional, mm-hmm. like that, they have this emotional breakthrough because we've hit on the right thing and we've oh. we've done something that's really changed it for them, and they're now looking at everything in a really? totally different way. And like that, the person in front of you sit and saying to you, they just feel like there's been a weight lifted off mm-hmm. their shoulder. Like that's, that's that it is it such a it's like such a, a nice experience that, to go through and you that People,
0: that with people them. an opportunity for an hour or two or whatever to escape. Yeah. Yeah, but you know and it'll be having a lasting effect to some degree you know yep. but yeah they have to leave the studio and go and live their life yep. and life is hard for, yeah. for a lot of people definitely so then your work with Headstrong I guess you're seeing more lasting actual improvement for people like that are turning lives around yeah, yeah definitely you know? must be very rewarding. That's yeah, yeah, amazing. Definitely. And is that just something that, you know, like it's just part of your life now, like the dance? yes yeah,
1: like, definitely. Feel... It's, a, it's such a weird thing, especially, like I said, when I came back from, from my last China mm-hmm. trip, obviously I was trying to find stuff more stable. So that was when I, I was started taking on more clients yeah. and kind of doing it. So it just, again, like that, because I was um, taking on Brian's kind of overspill of clients and kind of working a bit more with uh-huh. him, it just kind of evolved into yeah. working two days a week for him. Yeah. So I now just... it. I now just have two very split careers, kind of, really? but that go very hand in hand. A it's, it's
0: a bit of a weird.
1: It's a bit of a, especially it's so weird. to See when I meet new people and they're like, <laughs> "So what do you do?" I'm like, Ugh, but
0: this, "Where do this I start?" Is, this is the thing I mean, I'm reading a book now uh, by Emma uh, Gannon, which is called like being a multihyphenate, and it's yeah. about we aren't just one thing mm. these days. In the world, you know, world of work is very much changing. You know, percent oh, mm. working hours and, and yep. people working for themselves yep. more, and and yeah, not just being a something Doing one for the thing. whole of your life yeah, necessarily definitely. and not necessarily all the one you yeah know, just you know one job at a time. I and think. don't get me
1: wrong, at times that can actually be it, there definitely is are times where I I need to take a step back because yeah. I'm struggling sometimes to juggle both. Yeah. Um, but I suppose most people that are self-employed that ends up happening. You know what it's like. You take yeah, on yeah. jobs and then at one point you end up with tons of stuff yeah, on like, and you're there kind was of like, oh my God. five <laughs> minutes ago.
0: And,
1: uh. Why am I so busy? <laughs> but then I think that's actually where it's really helped me, probably personally, because mm. it's it, it's forced me to find a lot of balance in my life. Like that's it's nice. forced me into a place. But then also. That very much probably comes from the NLP stuff as well because it.
0: You've got the training to know. Well, that's it. wait a minute here.
1: They always say that Brian always says that you should be your your own first client. You should. It's very much in. I do believe that. See people that do NLP that haven't. See see people that have done NLP and they don't walk the walk. For me, that is a bit of incongruence you just,
0: there. You're basically just saying the same thing as the dance. The fact that you're. Taking yourself off to America to go to class to push yourself, yeah, work on you, yeah, so that you can then back in to exactly.
1: And that's why I'll. Well, that's that's actually what I like about NLP because mm. I know this stuff has worked for me. I know, like that, I used to take panic attacks when I was younger, when I was a teenager. Okay. and I had like an eating disorder when I was younger, and I had I had struggles of my own, mm. and I know how much it changed things for me. So. I know it works. And that's why I kind of did get into it a bit more and kind of wanted yeah. to make it more part of my life because actually I'm like... You're
0: like, I wasn't looking for a new job necessarily, but here I am. Here yeah, I am. Just, just fell in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be the quote of your podcast episode ever. <laughs> I just fell in it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's how I kind of like... I, I do probably... That's how you do it. Yeah, and that's how I like to... I, I'm never going to be that person who has... A job for any period of time, really. I, I do like I like yeah. change, I like variety, so I always feel like I do just kind of. That's bothered. nice. And though. some of that does come. Don't get me wrong. Like someone said to me, yeah, but most of the things you fell into have been your ideas or stuff that's <laughs> came from you. And I'm like, I know it just never has. Re- it's never really felt that way. Uh-huh. It's just kind of things pop into my head, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna just yeah, you're just open, do things. this
0: and
1: yeah. try this and. And it it, it, it definitely makes it interesting, keeps it interesting, keeps you yeah, on my toes. <laughs>
0: totally. I very much admire that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, Emma. We're gonna move on to the thing my Bob right I don't know if you know about this. Oh um, no. just totally random questions. Oh nice. Just to get to one more. So I have a list you see um, that I just pick from before the person comes. Ooh. So I have highlighted ones for you. Nice. Perfect. And actually I made one for you as well. Oh, so <laughs> If you could only ever dance to one song from now on just one song which oh. song would it be?
1: <laughs> that is possibly the hardest question I've ever been it. asked. I
0: made it for you. Um,
1: <laughs> it would have to answer it. it. would definitely be a Beyonce song. <laughs> yes.
0: Have you watched the documentary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: I'd need to sit and listen to them all again before mm-hmm. I could decide on one so I don't I don't know if I can it, uh, I think
0: my f- my favourite Beyonce track I think is Naughty Girl
1: oh love that yep I think for me it would maybe be one of the slightly newer ones maybe some of Lemonade or something I don't know but yeah it would be a Beyonce track
0: cool are you a morning person or a
1: night owl night owl 100% I am not a morning person if you asked my other half this he would be like (laughs) Yep, she is not good
0: in the mornings. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a bit like that as well. I come alive
1: like about nine o'clock,
0: and I'm like, that's
1: when all the ideas come. Yeah, yeah. When you
0: can't make any
1: noise, I am that person. Yeah, I am that person at night. I will always like make me notes in my phone or like. Um, even some of the stuff I do with Headstrong, I'll have like voice noted Brian at 10 at night, and I'm like, please don't answer this till tomorrow, I'm just telling you so I don't forget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, red sauce or brown sauce?
1: Oh, red. But that's because I'm intolerant to onions, can't eat brown sauce. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty
0: difficult, I would imagine. Oh, it is a
1: pain in the backside. Yeah. It's the most awkward intolerance you can mm, have. that's
0: a shame. Where is your happy place? Um... I have lots
1: definitely one of them would be in a studio in a studio in a class Learning definitely teach- both i wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago <laughs> but now both but yeah, i do most <laughs> most of the time it would be being in a class uh-huh. yeah that's my slightly more selfish place but yeah in a studio definitely or like that usually it'll involve dancing in some sort of way sort of like in the kitchen with like some old music on, like cooking badly or doing the dishes, <laughs> something like that. Um, nice.
0: that's what your best idea or is. Or just like floating up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's
1: where that's where the magic happens. Nice. <laughs> I
0: like it. I'm sure you've got lots of friendship groups because obviously you're a busy bee. It can be any friendship friendship group that you have. What are you best known for? So like you're the go to gal Ooh. for advice usually especially because what I do guys
1: I'd
0: like
1: a night off Uh, yeah I'm probably the advice person Mm. Um, do you become the mum of the group well it's a weird one because I I I kind of tend to be a bit of a mum of the group but I also tend to be the bad influence of the group so I'm also usually the friend you get really drunk with (laughs) most of my (laughs) most of my friends are like yeah we can't go out together every time we go out it ends up carnage and I'm like
0: yeah, I feel like I'm the common denominator here. <laughs> I'm giving good advice while we're getting drunk. Yeah, exactly. That'll
1: be a <laughs> great night. not, right? don't, get,
0: don't get really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, best gig you've ever been to?
1: Oh, been to? hmm Beyonce.
0: And yep. here's a question that I've just made up on the spot for you. What's the best gig you've ever danced at?
1: Oh right, so I this is a really hard question right. because I like lots of different stuff for different course. reasons. Of course, um, but definitely, like one of the highlights was dancing for Enrique Iglesias at the MTV EMAs, yeah. especially because it was in Glasgow. I forgot you um, said that. That's right. Yeah, because it was in Glasgow, so it was in it was in the Hydro, oh. and it was um, obviously such a huge gig, like yeah. massive. Um, yeah, it was my hometown. It was like <laughs> such a huge artist and such a huge gig. Like, it, and I was dancing with such amazing people. Like, most of the dancers were all from London, and just like such talented people, such talented choreographers. They're um, just in your
0: element.
1: Yeah, and obviously, like there were amazing. There was there was amazing people also performing that year. Okay. So like Ariana Grande was performing. Like we were in the studio with her choreographers. Like just so many talented people. Yeah.
0: I'm just going to ask you this now because I know folk will be listening to this podcast going, who else has she danced with? Wait, are <laughs> other exciting things have you done? Give us, give us the highlights, Sheila. Come on, just show off. Who
1: else? Where else have um, you been? What else have you done? Well, it's about a weird one I've done. It's just so random. So when it comes to like artists, mm-hmm. so obviously dance with Enrique. Mm. Some of the other ones are really random. So I danced with Rylan Clark. Yes. When he sang when he had just come out of the X Factor, uh-huh. so I done like a promo tour with him. <laughs> um, I danced with David Hasselhoff. <laughs>
0: So random. That is
1: like... I didn't even know he sang when I done yes. the job. I was like, he sings. He was
0: big in like, Germany, apparently. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, um, and then like when we were in the Katty Cats, we obviously supported quite a few good people. Like we supported One Direction. We supported mm. Oli Mars. That's true. Um,
0: I've never seen all the pictures. But then I
1: also worked with some, especially when I was out when I was out in China, uh-huh. the second time, because I was just freelancing with um, the agent that I was out with. She is like really big in China so she done like loads of great stuff mm. so like some of the Chinese artists that I worked with were really amazing yeah. like they were just amazing singers amazing performers um, randomly really? also when I was out in China do you remember B2K? yeah so Raz B, one of the four of uh-huh. B2K, was really big in China. Oh, so I done loads of stuff with oh, him. Like I used to perform with him. He had a residency in one of the clubs there. So I was one of <laughs> Raz B's dancers. Um that's amazing. That was that was a pretty cool job, and some of the choreographers, like the choreographer we worked with, he was from LA, so he mm. was like just this like I ended up really good friends with him just because I used to go and assist him all the time, uh-huh. but he was this like totally amazing, like so over the top, and he's like <laughs> loved his choreography and he was like yeah, he was like amazing to work <laughs> with. So those jobs were kind of really good as well. Some random yes, I've stuff. A lot of
0: really cool, <laughs> but totally random <laughs> <Is that laughs> opportunities.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Which is just lovely. You've yeah. got lots of good stories to tell. Um, and lastly, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase?
1: My other half always says I. You're I doing this oh. for always. So I've started to say it now. You're hiding that. You're that. Mm. I quite like that. that I feel very Scottish when I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're hiding that. <laughs> I've definitely become more more slang since I've since I've moved to Lark Hall and kind right. of really been with him. Just because he kind of <laughs> has all of that. So I've just kind of picked them up. But yeah.
0: Well, whatever you get up to next, whatever you're hiding, <laughs> I wish you every success. I don't Thank you need very much. Because you're just... Fallen about into <laughs> wonderful Fantastic adventures and um, Thank you so much for doing this Thank I you for having me a total pleasure. Thank you very much <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn The Brave A podcast about people And their passions Join us next time for more insight and inspiration From my wonderful guests Bye for now